When the Court of Public Appeal fails to achieve a resolution, they only have one action in mind, and that is to turn to Judge Jackson. Well, I, I thought you were going to say their action was to turn to Judge Action. Yeah. <laughs> that works for me. But, uh, Judge Jackson, you've got a couple of things that uh, we need you to rule on this week. So the court's in session. The court is in session. The case. Case one. Order, order, order in the court. Yeah, I will yeah. have you removed. <laughs> I'll have a pizza, thanks. <laughs> thanks, Crouch. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Before a nationally televised free-to-air Thursday night game against the Miami Heat, San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich sent home four of his team starters to get some rest before their next home game, which was the following night against the Memphis Grizzlies, who were at that time the top team in their conference. As he was made aware of this action, the Commissioner David Stern was not happy and he announced that the Spurs would receive substantial sanctions for this behaviour. As it turns out, the Miami team needed to rally late to win the game against San Antonio's second unit, eventually winning by five points. But that wasn't enough to temper Stern's anger, who proceeded to fine the Spurs $250,000 for their actions, which was the ruling delivered on the next day. He said he concluded the Spurs did a disservice to the league and to their fans. There appears to be an unofficial notification protocol that teams are meant to go through the league when it comes to resting players, and it is believed that the Spurs did follow this protocol, but not in a timely enough manner. Popovich bristled when asked before the Memphis game whether he might nonetheless do the same thing in the future. And as the NBA's running coach of the year often does when posed with hypothetical questions, he didn't rule it out. So in the war of Popovich versus Stern in this case, who do you Clash declare of the Titans? Clash of the Titans. Who do you declare the winner? Well, look, for me the first thing that comes to mind is just Mark Harvey, Fremantle versus Hawthorne, Launceston. Um, I get, yeah, I guess it's a question of are you talking about the winner or are we talking about who did the right thing? Because I say Stern's the winner, given that he's just pocketed a cool quarter of a million dollars. Although, I would like to point out that, based on that sentence, they notified the league, but not in a timely enough manner. Does that mean, had they done it in time, everything would have been fine, or would have been forgiven? Because it seems like he's pissed off about the whole concept in general, rather than the fact that it was done late. My understanding of the situation is this... What Stern was not happy about was essentially that these guys were made unavailable not only to play, but unavailable to talk to the media as well during that game. So mm-hmm. by putting them on a plane, the, the issue if it, the, the issue is, is the, there's kind of two issues, I think, at play here. The, the first one is that it was all done under cloak and dagger and mm. they, were, they were sent away without... You know, giving under cover of darkness. Under the cover of darkness. That's kind. Of, that's kind of point mm. one, and it's a big part of the issue here. Yep. I think the second element to it all was that they were completely unavailable to the broadcaster, and the broadcaster paying big money for these Thursday night games, which are exclusive games on the on the schedule. And the argument was they'd had a game the night before against Orlando, a team nowhere near as strong as mm-hmm. Miami. And maybe that that would have been a more appropriate time to rest the players, should that be the decision that they were needing to make. All right. Well, I guess my response is first to make a comment. Mr. Stern, 
No one anywhere ever in the history of sport has been interested in hearing awkward, bland and completely uninsightful interviews with players. It, no one gives a shit. I do not know where this idea was planted in the seeds of broadcasters' minds that people want to hear what the players have to say because these days every single professional sportsman is so well-versed in um, you know, conducting media sessions 101 without actually revealing anything interesting, humorous, insightful for fear of either getting someone's nose out of joint, getting fined or yeah, earning some sort of official rebuke. Let's get rid of the, post-ma- uh, the pre- and post-match interviews. So that's sort of a side issue, because if that's his rationale, then that doesn't wash with me. Mm. If his rationale is, I guess, more the... is a team going out there to do anything other than win, well, they did it, they did it late. So I can see his point of view particularly in terms of the like the betting markets and all those sorts of things, it would be very dangerous to set a precedent whereby um, players were allowed to do that sort of without notification, under cover of darkness, as you were saying. However, my attitude in general to something like this is the same as Mark Harvey's, and that is if your team can benefit from strategically deciding to divert their energies towards a key match at the expense of another one, then I'm always all for that. Mm. <laughs> so that's why I think... So you're ruling in favour of Greg Popovich and yes. the San Antonio Spurs? Yep, I am. Because, oh, I mean, as I say, the Mark Harvey one's a perfect example of that. Hawthorne beat them by, oh, it was 150 points or something ridiculous like that. And then two weeks later, in the match that counted, the final, mm. Fremantle played them off the park. Mm. Now... I'm sorry, but as a fan of the club, if you were told, all right, we can go, you throw everything at them in round 22, potentially have a player do an injury, you know, potentially show our hand early, you know, potentially anything like that, and then we lose the final versus it is going to be an absolute embarrassment in round 22, but we're going to win the match that counts, you pick the second option every single time. Yeah, I mean, look, it's an interesting case because Stern's about protecting the league and Popovich is about yeah. protecting his team. Mm. They have, you know, Stern's, Stern's interest is about getting every single dollar that he can out of his corporate sponsors. Popovich's is to make sure that his team wins as many games as possible and positions themselves in a manner that will ensure their long-term success down the track. This so, is an interesting thing, though. The other point I'd make is if, if Demetrio let someone get away with something, then it, <laughs> yeah, then but, I find it extraordinary that someone's drawn the line past where Demetrio draws it. No, but I, mean, I just think that um, I, can, I can understand Stern's rationale, but at the end of the day, he shouldn't be telling clubs how to, how to, how to, yeah. you know, how yeah. to coach. He shouldn't be telling a coach what he should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah. That's not his role. That's not mm. his place. So, he has he has every right to be pissed off about what happened, but at the end of the day, he should be a toothless tiger yeah. with regards to this. The fact that it was done late and that sort yeah. of thing, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I mean, mean he's, he's had to give them a fine because you can't go around mm. saying... I think the magnitude of the fine is pretty significant and it's probably mm. a little bit of overkill. <laughs> but he had to give them some kind of fine to say, you can't be pulling this shit. <laughs> 
a Jack Donaghy quote comes to mind. That's NBA sexual assault money. <laughs> yeah. Which seems quite appropriate. But yes. yeah, I I can understand why he'd be annoyed about how late it happened in that. And obviously, you know, the irrelevance of interviews with players notwithstanding, mm-hmm. their obligations to the media would always come first and foremost. Yeah. So I can understand yeah, why he'd be a little bit peeved. But yeah. from the strategic management of the team, from that point of view... yeah. He's got no. no he hasn't um, got a leg to yeah. stand on with regards to getting involved in that stuff. I think that that's yeah. yeah, and I think that that's right. I think that interestingly in the US, the court of public appeal is generally on stern side. Yeah, but that's because in the US, there's there's far more, I guess, importance placed on each individual game. It seems like particular. I mean, you look at the baseball that they play like 165 games in a season or something. Well, yeah. 162, a, actually. 162, yeah. sorry, yeah. Yeah, they... Hmm. Yeah. If, if you put it to the fans the way I did, though, with Fremantle's question, like, yeah. would you prefer to see them lose tonight by 20 and then win tomorrow yeah. or lose tonight by 5 and then lose tomorrow? Yeah. No, I think yeah. that that's... It's right. It's I think that Popovich is well within his rights to do what he did. Yeah. And he's... Yeah. Which brings us to the re- real question. Miami almost lost to a second string side? Yes. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's the bit I enjoy the most about that. Yeah, tick <laughs> they, magic, uh, jerks. They, uh, they've been struggling a little bit. They got beaten by Golden State in Miami uh, yesterday, which is a bit of a surprise. They, Atlanta have pushed them. Um, Milwaukee pushed them earlier in the year. I think Milwaukee, Milwaukee. have beaten them as well. Jeez. Um, LeBron James has been playing at a high level still, but... Uh, the uh, the rest of the guys are showing up sporadically at best, so mm. uh, interesting times ahead for the Heat, I think. And uh, watch this space. Watch this space. So um, our, our second. All right, so that's our, it. Our second <laughs> case adjourned. Yes, case adjourned. So uh, next case. Bring it. Dwight Howard goes by the nickname of Superman, and is considered by many to be the best big man in the in the game of basketball at the moment. During the off-season, he controversially managed to work his way to the Los Angeles Lakers from his old team, the Orlando Magic. Given their history with Howard, the Magic were well aware that he's not a great free-throw shooter and instigated their own Krypton Dwight strategy during the fourth quarter of their first game against the Lakers this year. Uh, The court will remind you that puns are not appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not ones that awful, anyway. It's coming later again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the fourth quarter of their first game against the Lakers this year, in fouling him every time the Lakers had the ball on offense. As Dwight missed free throw after free throw, going 9 for 21 for the game, including 7 for 14 in the fourth quarter, the Magic, the Magic managed to score 40 points in the quarter to record a come-from-behind victory. In their next game, the Houston Rockets also instituted the same strategy to also score a come-from-behind victory, as Howard went 5 for 10 in the fourth quarter at the free throw line. Current NBA rules dictate that the Crypto Dwight strategy is legal during the first 46 minutes, but is deemed an intentional off-the-ball foul in the final two minutes, meaning that the team infringed upon would get not only two free throws, but also the ball. The coach of the Lakers, Mike D'Antoni, has suggested that he won't be taking Howard out of the game, as that may kill his confidence. The commissioner, once again, David Stern, has suggested that the rules regarding this strategy will be looked at again, as his view is, is that fans do not go to games to see these kinds of things. <laughs> so, given all of that 
advice. You're acting as a consultant to the NBA in this case, Judge Jackson. What are you suggesting is the course of action? All right. You've worked your way through all the evidence. Yeah, I have. I've I've removed all, (laughs) stricken all puns from the record. (laughs) Krypton Dwight, come on! (laughs) Krypton Dwight. Krypton Dwight. I bet Dwight Schrute would love that, actually. Writers of the office, (laughs) take note. There's there's a storyline in there somewhere. All right. Well, did Three Doors Down sing a song called Krypton Dwight? No, they didn't know it was Krypton Dwight. Sorry. Digress. Look, as I said, you've been warned once, all right? I will hold you in contempt. (laughs) More so than usual. (laughs) Okay. The first and immediate thing that stands out, uh, that leaps out of me about this one is how can something be legal for 46 minutes of the game and then not legal in the last two? I mean, I know it might make sense in terms of the potential impact it can have, but that's a dangerous precedent to be setting. Do you want me to, to answer that question for you? No, this is a rhetorical statement without oh, right. comment. Okay. No, <laughs> no, go, there is go a, right there ahead. Is a serious answer to that question. This is this type of thing. It's not the first time it's happened. It happened a lot with Shaquille O'Neal, who who was similarly dreadful at the free throw line, mm-hmm. um, and it was basically a strategy. That I mean, the way that people were using this strategy was to partly to give themselves an opportunity to get back into the game, but also partly as a as a view of getting him off the court yeah. during those final two minutes so he could have no impact on the game with regards to defence and rebounding. All right. So the, it, it was brought in for that very reason. It's a fair question to ask because if it, you, you shouldn't be of having different is. rules for different elements. Or As a portions. judge, I'm nothing if not fair and impartial. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's, that's, it, it came, that rule changed probably about... Mm. I'd say eight or nine years ago. But even then, do you yeah. still think it's... Yeah, it's, it's I, I disagree with it. Yeah. I disagree with having that rule for 46 minutes. I can't think of too many sports to... where yeah. the rules suddenly change no. to that, yeah, that dramatically but like anyway, that. Yeah, yeah. So. all right. Now, my second point then is that as the... Sorry, which team did you play for? The, yeah, the Lakers the, the, you play for. As, as the Lakers, yeah. Now... They're giving you free points. All I can think is um, in Brad Pitt in Moneyball. It's, if someone bunts, don't be a hero. Throw it first. They're just handing you it out. They're just handing you it out. No. They're just handing you free points here. Really? So, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'd be too upset about a team willing, willingly giving away points like that. And... <laughs> Well, they're, they're giving you points if you're good enough to make the free This, this is my That's third and perhaps the key point. Yeah. If you call yourself Superman, then surely, surely it's within your capabilities to learn how to put a ball through a hoop from a free throw line. I mean, how many millions of dollars are these guys being paid? Paid? He's you being can... paid about nineteen from memory. Yeah. So what? You're suddenly going to say, "Oh, you know, I'm I'm afraid I can't put the ball through the hoop from the free throw line." Well, basketball is putting the ball through the hoop from the field. How is it any different? I, I really don't understand how, you know, how that can be an issue for him. I mean, his stats aren't, his stats aren't terrible. Oh, his, free, still... his free throw stats are terrible. From memory, he's missed about, at, at the time of recording this, he's missed about 130 free throws this year already. The next highest is about 40. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it more from 
like, as a percentage, he's it, when you're saying he's hitting only five from ten. For I mean, free that's throws, okay. that's actually not very good. Well, yeah, comparatively. If you're shooting, but... if you're shoot, he's shooting from memory about forty-eight percent from the free throw line. Your average NBA player will shoot mm. seventy. But I mean, if their strategy is all right, we're going to give them a point because yeah, that's going to disadvantage them. Well, he's yeah. scoring it maybe fifty percent of the time, so it's you know. It's not, yeah, I, I don't know. I just no. don't really see how that's that. If he was shooting two from ten, say, okay. if his knees were shaking and he urinated all over himself and wept openly at the free throw line, mm. that would be bad. Well, it's having a double pronged effect. Is that yes, mm. while it's giving them points, what they're saying is is that it's also disrupting the flow of the Lakers team because essentially mm. all the other four guys on the court, all they're doing is playing defense. So there's the mental side of that as well. Mm-hmm. And the, if your defense is the thing that most people don't want to play, so it's it's destroying their flow. Albeit, it's fifty yeah. percent of the so, game. So, in terms of what what well, look, in terms of my overall ruling, though, if you if you're, I, I guess in terms of three things here, if you're David Stern, what what should you be doing? If you're Mike D'Antoni, what should you be doing? If you're Dwight Howard, what you should be doing? I think the Dwight Howard one's pretty obvious. Go and learn how to shoot fucking free throws. Well, I think I think that's the answer from everyone's yeah. perspective. Because if he does that, I mean, I guess it's a question of whether it's the free throw itself or the fact that the other team gets the ball back. Because if it's the fact that he's only hitting five from ten, mm. then I would say, mate, learn how to shoot, and as soon as you start sinking more, you just get points for free. Yep. Now, if it's more a function of they only get to score one point and then the other team gets the ball back. Well, I can understand it slightly, but my challenge to the coach is then, well, come up with a strategy to deal with it. You can't go running off to teacher crying foul when someone does something that you don't like. If they've developed a strategy which is successful, then it's your role as a coach to either come up with something to counter it or or pull Howard off the court. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, I from David Stern's perspective, I don't see any reason for him to get involved. <laughs> no, he shouldn't be getting involved. Once again, he shouldn't be getting involved. Mm. It's not a matter for him. It's it's a matter for Dan Tony to make a decision about whether he's willing to accept that situation mm. eventuating. And you know, if Howard doesn't like being pulled off the court, there's a simple you know what there's a simple answer to all this stuff: perform. Or, or more required. simply, give the ball to someone else. Well, the, you know, it's off-the-ball fouls. They don't have the... What's happening, to to put it into perspective, an off-the-ball foul is essentially he'll be running down the court, the ball will be one side of the floor, he can be on the other side of the floor, and somebody goes up and pushes him, and they call a foul, and he goes and shoots free throws. Mm. So he doesn't actually have the ball. That's the issue. That's tough. I mean, the difficulty is that in basketball, the way I've always viewed basketball is that one team gets the ball... They have a potential to score three points, usually two, possibly three. Then the other team gets the ball and does the same thing. If they're intentionally fouling and then getting the ball back, what it means is that the first team is only able to score a maximum of one point, and then they're losing possession. Under this this Mm. model where he's making 50% of his free throws. Yes, that's exactly right. Instead of having a net expectation between zero and three, which is invariably going to, to move probably towards one, maybe one, 1. 1.25. Mm. What's happening in this instance is, is that their net expectation is dropping to one. Mm. And that's why it's been a successful strategy. Yeah. It may, 
My immediate, my immediate response is that the other team could then just do the exact same thing. And if I guess that, that would, I guess, force Stern's hand then. There would have to be some yeah. sort of uh, rule well, change. Well, yeah, the, the issue being with that is, is that the other team has guys who shoot free throws at a much higher percentage. Therefore, they're actually increasing their expectation. Mm. So in, in game theory context, they, they know that they're going to end up in front. Well, that's probably the, a good I, way. The, the course of action is simple in this case, and I think you've, you've already hit the oh. nail on the head. It's... Dwight Howard has to learn yeah. how to hit free throws. If he can't hit free throws, Dan Tony has to bench him. Stern should just ignore it because if Howard starts, ma- if Howard's making his free throws, the problem goes away. The problem goes yeah. away. All other issues notwithstanding, yeah. that is the simple solution. Yep. Which, yeah, again, I'm staggered that someone who calls himself Superman <laughs> has such a basic and fundamental shortcoming in his game. You're, you're cheapening the name Superman, dude. It's not cool. Okay, I do have... I know I banged the gavel, but... Hey, it's my court, so my rule. <laughs> I do have one additional... Hypothetical I'll throw out there for the NBA to consider. A rule change. For every foul that the team receives, they are allowed to nominate the player who takes the shot. Uh, yeah, nah. Off the ball, that's actually, believe it or not, one of the things that they're discussing as a rule change, yeah. potentially... Any off-the-ball foul, you get to designate the, the guy you want shooting because, the free throws. Because that way you can't yeah, isolate I would, a weak The argument that I, I have with that is you, can, you should be able to... I, I think that that's maybe going too far. I think that there's but maybe... have you known me to go too far with anything? There's, there's possibly an entrance step here, which is um, they often use in high school and college basketball three to make two, is that you get, you get up to three free throws and to make two. If you make two, so this, this is vintage bloke pod right here. By the way, I'm coming in with insanity, and GJ's watering it down with some logic, <laughs> some pragmatism, and the circle of life goes around. That's right. <laughs> we're, we're nothing if not solutions orientated. <laughs> yeah. However wild or wacky exactly. or rational they may well be, there's solutions at solution. play. Yeah. All important. So- there's solutions at play. Solutions guaranteed. Yes. Success not. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Good luck, Sterny. 